This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast... One of my favorite verses is Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen: As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Um, the only way that iron sharpens iron is is by hitting against each other is is by friction is by conflict right it is by um you know button heads every now and then that that is conflict so not only is conflict not unspiritual sometimes conflict is not unhealthy if you deal with it the right way Thanks for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International in Lee Summit, Missouri. My name is Brandon, and today we're celebrating a, a little a little milestone for us here on the podcast. This is officially our 75th episode of Activate, and uh, I'm excited because we continue to receive positive feedback about the podcast. In fact, one listener wrote in, uh, they said, this podcast is phenomenal. It's like watching the director's cut of, of your favorite movie and discovering something you never knew. It's like a backstage pass to meet your favorite artist. And then he says, thanks so much for providing this for us. Pastor Christian, you hear that positive feedback, but did did you ever think we'd ever have 75 of these? Not really. I mean, to be honest with you, it, it stemmed out of a conversation of how to how to provide a better resource for our small group leaders. You know, our, our heart as a church is is discipleship, is spiritual growth. We are always asking, what can we do to help people grow spiritually? What can we provide that might help people grow spiritually? We are a church that is big on application. We are a church that's big on action steps. I had lunch with a friend this week who said, you know, the thing I love most about Journey are the challenges. It's like, it seems like every 40 days you're giving us a new challenge, and, and I feel like I, I have to do it um, as a competitor. I just, you know, I want to try to do what you challenge us to do. So we, we are a church that's about movement. So we started this podcast because we said, what, you know, at the time, I think we had maybe 30 or 40 small groups. And we said, what if 30 or 40 small group leaders would be better equipped to understand the message and talk about the message in their sermon-based small groups um, if, if they got to have a conversation with me. So we started this as kind of a conversation between the small group leaders and me. What questions might they ask if they could have a conversation with me before they led their small group? And between the first podcast and now, uh, we've had over 100,000 downloads. We're on episode number 75, and it's, it's, become this, it's become a discipleship tool. I'm sure it's not the best, uh, but it's our best that we can do right now. Uh, and I am I'm humbled and I'm grateful uh, that anyone would ever listen. Uh, and I just, I, I love Jesus. Uh, I, love, I love Scripture. Uh, you know, one of my life verses is the verse that described Ezra, that he set his heart to know the Word of God, to obey the Word of God, and to teach the Word of God. And the reason I love doing this podcast is because I get to learn everything and try to do it before I teach it. And then so much so much of what I teach is, here's how I tried to do this, and here's what God did in my life. I feel like I get to go first, uh, which, is a, uh, which is a fun way for me to live my life spiritually and then to get to tell other people about all the great experiences I've had and some of the failed experiments um, that I've had as, as I've tried to grow spiritually. Well, Pastor Christian, yeah, thank you once again for the vision to host this podcast. I really do look forward to it each and every week. Um, let's jump into Sunday's message from our series, Family Stronger battling brokenness and refusing to quit. 
uh, Pastor Christian, this Sunday, our special guest, uh, Pastor Jonathan Robbins, who did it, uh, who we are absolutely excited to have, he discussed conflict. Um, I believe there's a myth that exists in families, and, and it's this. If there's conflict in our family, we, we have a problem. Can you help break down that myth for us, um, that this idea that if conflict's in our family, then we have a very serious problem? Well, yeah. I, so I would ask you, where does that myth come from, right? Where I mean, where's where's the Bible verse that says if you follow Jesus, there's no conflict? Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean there, it does, it's not in there. There isn't. Yeah. yeah, there isn't one. As a yeah. matter of fact, there there is the opposite of that. That in this world you'll have troubles, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So here's how Satan works. Satan either sets a standard that is not real. Or he tries to get you to not keep a standard that is real, right? So, so, so two things. Um, Satan will whisper in your ear that very real standard that God set: do not steal. That doesn't apply to you. You do not have to keep that standard. God doesn't care. Uh, Clayton King talked about this a few weeks ago. And then as soon as you steal, he's like, you dirty, rotten thief, if anyone knows what you did. So he sets a standard and then he shames you when you break it. Or he sets a standard you cannot keep and he shames you when you fail it. Like if you're in a healthy relationship, you'll have no conflict. It's a standard that you cannot keep. So every time you have conflict, you feel shame over that conflict. You feel like you failed um, in that conflict. So e- either way, he wins. Uh, he, he tries to set up a win-win for him, which is a lose-lose for us. Don't keep God's standards, no big deal, until you do, and then you're just this awful person spiritually. Or God's standards, um, you know, God, God in your life is perfect, so if it's anything less than perfect, God must not be good enough to follow. So, so he tries to set this standard that, hey, if, if you have a healthy family, if you're a healthy person, if you're married to the right person, if you parent well enough, if you work at the right job, uh, if you work hard enough at the right job, if you have the right boss, if you hire the right people, you'll never have any conflict. And that, that is the exact opposite of the message of scripture. It's the exact opposite of the first message of our series, uh, which is sin causes brokenness. And we are all, according to Romans chapter five, we are infected in our DNA. The moment we are born with sin, sin causes brokenness and brokenness causes pain relationally to anyone that we're in relationships with. So conflict is a part of life. And I love what Pastor Jonathan said. Um, He said, conflict is not the problem, how you conflict is. So it's not that we have conflict, it's how we handle conflict um, and learning how to handle conflict that allows us to battle brokenness. Uh, It allows us to refuse to quit. And hopefully that's freeing to some of you listeners today. Because uh, I've often bought into the myth myself that if there's conflict, then then I've messed up, and or we've messed up, and maybe we we may need to rethink this whole thing. Yeah, I mean Proverbs. One of my favorite verses is Proverbs twenty seven seventeen: "As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another." Um, the only way that iron sharpens iron is is by hitting against each other. Is is by friction. Is by conflict, right? It is by, um, you know, button heads every now and then that, that is conflict. So not only is conflict not 
unspiritual. Sometimes conflict is not unhealthy if you deal with it the right way. So I love that line, you know, conflict is not wrong. How you conflict can be a problem in your life. Well, the context of the message from Sunday is Ephesians chapter five and six. Paul talks about this idea of submission. And even saying that word, it can often cause some some uh, some tension. Just just hearing the word submission, it's an often sensitive word, and perhaps countercultural to today, especially in context with marriage and the family. So, I have a couple questions for you, Pastor Christian. Would you would you take a moment and explain, maybe unpack what Paul was trying to explain to the church at Ephesus behind the act of submission? What was he really getting to? And what are some really practical examples of submission in our families? Well, Paul was talking in daily life. You know, Ephesians is a book that is really two books. Ephesians 1 through 3 is a great theological book. Ephesians 4 through 6 is a great practical living book. Ephesians 1 through 3 is what you need to know. Ephesians 4 through 6 is how you need to live. So in Ephesians chapter 4, we see the context of the church. We see the context of spiritual gifts in the church. We see the context of of teaching people to develop their gifts and serve each other so that they can live in spiritual maturity and spiritual unity. But Brandon, you know, and I know there are people in our church who know their gifts, who use their gifts, who are developing spiritually, they're developing in maturity, but their their home life is awful. So Paul goes to the next step, and in Ephesians chapter 5, he addresses the home life. And he says, here's how you interact in marriage. Here's how you interact with your children. Here's how you interact with your parents. Um, And a lot of people, they might have a great home life and a great church life, but their work life is awful. So in Ephesians chapter 5, he goes the next step and says, and here's how to deal with your bosses. Here's how to deal with your employees. He's trying to get a a well-rounded, fully functioning Christian at church and at home. And in the world, and then in Ephesians 6, he says, by the way, you're going to have all these problems, but don't take any of them personal. You have problems at church. They're the devil's fault. Don't take it personal. You're going to have problems at home. It's the devil's fault. Don't take it personal. You're going to have problems at work. It's the devil's fault. Don't take it personal. He's going to teach us how to wear the spiritual armor to church and at home, um, and it works. So Ephesians 5 and 6 is really a, a combination of Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. It's just a well-round, what well-rounded Christian living looks like. And what Paul is trying to do is he's trying to say, listen, if you want to have a great church life, you got to serve people at your church. You have to see your life as shaped in such a way that you can help them in some need that they have. Then he says the same thing for family. Um, you know, husbands, submit to your wife um, as unto the Lord. Think of what did God create me to do to serve my spouse? Wives, submit to your husbands. Um Think, what did God create me to do? Remember Ephesians 4, you've got all these gifts in you to serve people. Ephesians 5, you're in this family to serve people. Um, it tells children how to submit to their parents, but then it comes, turns right back around and tells dads, you know, not to basically get their children riled up, but to serve their children by discipling them and by loving them. So we look, we look at the family unit. Paul says in Ephesians 5 that marriage is the mystery that explains the gospel, how Jesus loves us. We look at everyone in our family um, like someone to be served. We take the spiritual gifts that we learn about in the church and say, wow, God has given me these gifts to serve these people. We need to look at family the exact same way. God has put me in this family 
to serve these people. And when I will serve my husband, when I will serve my wife, when I will serve my kids, when I will believe that I have been placed in my family so that I can prop these people up, so that I can serve them, so that I can love them, so that I can let them go first, you before me, right? That's the that's how Pastor Jonathan taught us to handle conflict, you before me, you before me. When I always think my kids before me, when I always think my spouse before me, when I always think my parents before me, as an employee, when I think my boss before me, as a boss, when I think my employees before me. Again, it doesn't remove conflict, but all of a sudden you get to see you you get to you get to see Jesus in the midst of every relationship because Jesus came to earth and looked at all of humanity and said, "You before me." Um, and one of the greatest lines in Pastor Jonathan's message, he said, "Anytime you're dealing with conflict with anyone, just see Jesus over their shoulder. See Jesus looking over their shoulder, telling you, kind of miming to you." They're my child. I love them. Help them. Um, so whether it's your spouse, whether it's your children, um, whether it's your parents, submitting is is just looking at yourself and saying, how have I been created to serve them? What can I do um, to serve them? How can I how can I be Jesus in their life uh, and make and make their life better? Because that's going to mature me and it's going to help me understand what Jesus did for me more deeply. What a powerful image it would be if if in our families or in all of our relationships, it would look like mutual submission or how can we outserve each other? Yeah. Every now and then you get that and it's annoying, right? <laughs> when, when you're, when you're early in a relationship on that first day, it's like, where do you want to eat? I don't care. Where do you want to eat? I don't care. Where do you want to eat? I don't care. Um, it's funny how, when you're trying to win someone's heart, you just, you want to help them do whatever, whatever makes them so happy and then once you have their heart, um, you believe that they exist to make you happy. So we we have that picture. We've all we've all been in a relationship where we submit because we are trying to show love, we are trying to earn love, we are trying to be love. We just got to get we got to get back there um, every now and then because a lot you know. And Pastor Jonathan talks about this. A lot of things are preferences, not problems. A lot of the things that cause conflicts are preferences, not problems. And if we can learn to communicate well, um, we we can we can work around those. He you know he asks, is your problem a pimple or is it cancer? Um, one of those is is much easier to handle than the other, and a lot of those just by learning to care well. Uh, learning to submit, learning to communicate, you can get through a lot easier um, than another one. And, and problems, even even those you can get through with a good pastor, good friend, good counselor. Well, Pastor Christian, one of my most, in, uh, most favorite lines uh, from the message uh, was this, um, being right with you is more important to me than being right. What a what a powerful statement to say to someone in in the midst of a conflict. Why do we often feel that we need to be right when arguments have the last word? Why 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 do we always need, feel that way? Or maybe I'm speaking for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that's a, that's a I mean that's a big question. I I don't know that I can answer that for all people at all times, but I I know this: um, we are broken by sin. Sin comes from Satan. Satan wanted to be God. I mean, when, when you study carefully the doctrine of Satan and just what we believe we know in the explicit text uh, of Scripture where it explicitly says, I'm, now I'm talking about the devil, 
And in the references, um, kind of the veiled references uh, in Isaiah and Ezekiel about who Satan may have been and what he did, this guardian angel that, that fell from heaven because he wanted to be on the throne of God. Um, there is, there's something in the DNA of sin that always wants to be right, that has to be first that has to that has to be on top in every argument and a, and a lot of that i mean that question why do we always feel that we need to be right when arguments have the last word there's probably lots of answers to that why do we feel like we need to be right there's some people uh, because when they were wrong when they were younger they got severely punished for it or they got embarrassed for it or they felt ashamed for it i mean there's probably some psychology that goes into that why do people feel they need to win arguments maybe they were bullied their whole life and um you know they they don't they don't they feel like less of a man or less of a woman or less of a parent if they ever get something wrong they feel deep shame why do people feel like they need to have the last word because maybe earlier in life they let someone have the last word and then a tragedy happened and they never got to come back and finish the conversation i mean there's lots of psychology but ultimately it's it's sin we can't rest and have comfort that god is in control so we have to think we take ultimate um, control. Uh, you know, and, and Pastor Jonathan said, we can't be right with God if we won't be right with each other. Um, in, in Matthew chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, we see Jesus talk about that when he's, when he's teaching us to pray and when he's teaching us to forgive our enemies. Uh, he says, man, if you're going to church to worship, you can't worship me while holding a grudge against someone else. Go be reconciled to your brother and then come back and worship because it's hard to worship a Jesus that has so deeply forgiven you. If you won't forgive somebody else, there's there's just less worship um, coming from your heart in that moment. I, I think I like even more what the Apostle Paul says to the church in Corinth when he heard that there were church members who were suing each other and making the, the city council who weren't Christians yet look at these crazy Christians who were in lawsuits against each other. Uh, and Paul's saying, how would you ever expect them to come to your church and follow your Jesus if you can't get along? And Paul said it would be better to be wronged sometimes. Like it'd be better to just get over it than to than to make somebody think uh, that Jesus is has less impact on your life than he really does. So you know, ultimately, ultimately, it's sin and it's brokenness. It's probably a lot of insecurity. It's probably a lot of fear. It's probably a lot of bad experiences. It's probably a lot of pride. But you can trace a lot of those things. You can trace all the pain and hurt in your life back to the brokenness of sin. Um, and a lot of it is just a real lack of trust in in God. If I, you know, if I don't take control in this situation, then things may get even worse. Sometimes, you know, we have to walk away. Jesus, Jesus said, "Turn the other cheek." Jesus said, go the extra mile. Um, Jesus said, forgive 70 times seven, uh, you know, which, which is the Buzz Lightyear statement to infinity and beyond. I mean, it's, it's an illustration of like just as many times as, as you have to. Um, it, it is, again, that thought of just keep submitting to help as much as you possibly, um, as much as you possibly can and realize relationships um, are more important than being right. Being right with you is more important than being right. We have just a couple minutes left, and and Pastor Robin shared some really practical steps to engage in the process of being right with others. 
Um, I thought we could wrap up today with just a few moments that we have remaining by by walking through each one of these just real quickly, and and maybe you could help provide some real life practical examples on how to how to do these in the midst of conflict. The first one was this: is understand that it's a spiritual thing. Know that it's spiritual. That the the real enemy is is not your not your family member. Yeah, Paul says in Ephesians chapter six, our real battles are not against flesh and blood. Uh, that means people but against the enemy that dwells in the air and works through people. You know, Pastor Jonathan talked about seeing Jesus over every person's shoulder. I think every now and then you could probably see Satan in their heart, right? And realize when the real anger comes, like, this is not you. This is this is the anger of Satan in you saying these things. And, it, you know, if, if we could pray for people's hurt, right? Hurt people hurt people. I mean, that, that's the reality. Hurt people are usually the ones that hurt people. Um, if, if we could realize that all the pain pointed at us is, is just the long end of sin pointed at the person who's hurting us, um, you know, we, we can realize ultimately this is a spiritual problem, and the spiritual answer is, is to pray uh, and just continue to ask Jesus to change them and to ask Jesus to give me patience in my heart and, you know, maybe healing for my hurt. Uh, while I while I experience conflict in this relationship, um, the second one was this, and you've already touched on it or um, this podcast. But uh, determine if it's a problem or a preference, and realize that most fights and most conflict are over preferences. Right, and that just that that comes right back to the submission. Right, just not making everything about you and just being a, a servant to somebody else. Jesus said, you know, that the best leaders are the best servants. He told his disciples, people are going to know you by the way that you love. Uh, and he said the Gentiles, and when he was speaking of Gentiles, he was, you know, that that's a reference referring to people who don't follow Jesus. People who don't follow Jesus, um, they define leadership by how many people you lead. He said people who follow Jesus define real leadership by how many people you serve. Um, so, so be a servant because the greatest among you is going to be the one who serves, and the first is going to be the one who's always willing to go last. Uh, there are real problems that need to be handled, but but when it's preference, uh, when there's not any spiritual skin in the game, um, learn to serve, learn to submit, um, learn to exist for someone else's um, for someone else's spiritual growth and someone else's spiritual health. Third one was don't let feelings win. And, and and he mentioned listen more more than you talk. Don't let feelings win. Why why what's what's so concerning about feelings? Well, Jeremiah said the heart is deceitful above all things. Right? Your your heart will trick you. Uh, the apostle Paul said you need to take thoughts captive and make them obedient to Jesus. Uh, so Jeremiah the prophet says don't trust every feeling coming from your heart. Make sure it's from God. The Apostle Paul says, don't trust every thought coming from your brain. Make sure it's from Jesus. Uh, and I think if we will shut our mouth, um, neither the thoughts from our heart nor the thoughts from our mind can get relayed and translated. And maybe if we will begin to listen, um, you know, the words coming into our heart will be louder and more impactful than the thoughts coming out of it. Uh, and perhaps we could avoid um, or lessen conflict by listening more than more than we talk. I, you know, I've I've always heard it said this way: you have two ears and one mouth, so listen twice as much as you speak. God made it that way for a reason. Fourth one: ask and for ask and give forgiveness quickly and sincerely. Yeah, every time I marry someone, this is one of the the phrases I tell people in marriage: you're going to have to learn to say three phrases all the time. I'm sorry, I forgive you. 
and I love you. Um, and, and at our house, we have a rule. Anytime someone verbalizes the words, I am sorry, we have to speak the words out loud. I forgive you. Um, because people, people need to know that that conflict is over and you can go to the next. The reality is there are some people in our church who, even though they've apologized to a spouse or a child or a parent, um, they are, they are on conflict number 999 because they're not sure if conflict number one, even though they've apologized, has gone away. So you, you've got to ask for forgiveness, which means I want this conflict to be done. You got to verbally give, um, uh, you got to verbally give forgiveness so somebody else knows this conflict is done. It just allows you to start over it for forgiveness for, for me, especially verbal forgiveness is an eraser, um, to the problem. It, it, it wipes it away. There's just something in your spirit. When you hear the words, uh, I forgive you, that's powerful, which is why Jesus uttered them from the cross. Um, he didn't think father forgive them. He said, father, forgive them. Um, and somebody was close enough to hear it. So let the people close to you hear your forgiveness. The last one was this, and it's this powerful statement. You need to ask your family, ask anybody in your relationship, what can I do to be right with you? What can I do to be right with you? Yeah, and that's a hard question to ask if you don't have a servant's heart. Uh, Because if you don't have a servant's heart, you don't care in the first place. And if you have, uh, you know, if, if you find yourself constantly in a position of conflict, you're you're ready. Um, you're ready with a comeback to that question immediately, right? You, you, you want everyone else to know what they can do to be right with you. But again, it's just the heart of a servant. What can I do um, to be right with you? The thing I love about this entire message is Pastor Jonathan has given us, you know, some some statements we can easily remember. You before me. Um, what can I do to be right with you? We can't be right with God if we're not right with each other. There's just a lot of things that, that we can remember. Um, as we live in conflict, and hopefully some things that will teach us how to get out of conflict when we're in it, and how to not get into conflict um, as as it comes upon us, how to avoid it altogether um, in in certain situations. As we know, you can't avoid it altogether, um, but there's some conflict you can choose not to walk into uh, at the very beginning. You can see it coming, and if you will stop and ask, okay, what can I do to be right with this person to avoid the conflict. You you can you can stop a lot of conflict before it begins. Well, Pastor Christian, congratulations on 75 episodes. Great job. Um, I really do, and I mean this from my heart, I really do look forward to this every week. So let's do another 75. What do you say? Let's do it. 150 All right. All comes right. in about a year and a half, right? <laughs> and we want to thank you for listening to the podcast. And let me encourage you this week, take a few moments to rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. This really helps us get the word out about this resource and makes it more visible for others to benefit from. Also, we'd love to hear uh, about how this podcast has been a benefit to you. So send us an email to activate at takethejourney.cc and, and we'd love for you to share your story with us. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.